I was one of these people who mocked meditation. I thought it was silly, but it actually does help. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Hello, Isaac. Welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? Hello, hello. Yes, good. Um, Looking forward to chatting with you. Yeah, me too. I think might as well just come clean. We've already had this conversation, but <laughs> <Yeah>. it died. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it means I get to talk to you again. So, Do you know what? Positives. All the positives. I mean, <laughs> yeah. sometimes hard drives just have to die for you to be able to do something again, you know? Yep, that's it. Yep. <laughs> oh, so the first question that I like to ask every single guest that comes on the podcast, as you already know, is how do you refer to your disability um so so i was so for the viewers i was born with a disability called limb pelvic hypoplasia mm-hmm. um and i think i refer to it as person with a disability but yeah. of course there's loads of different terms um people feel comfortable with and um just got to respect what people prefer um yeah yeah, for me people person with a disability I think what you said just then about like it being individual to the person is is so true because how everybody relates to their disability and how how we speak about disability when it comes down to the individual is exactly that it's so individual and like no Mm. two people refer to their disability in in the same way and I think you know, the fact that you make that very clear is is like a brilliant thing to be able to do because you you go around and you you talk and I talk and and being able to make that distinction that actually, whilst we have this massive umbrella term that is disability, the fact that we all relate to it very individually is is very key. Yes. And it just shows everyone's unique. Um and to be honest, even if there was a one term, no one would not everyone would agree with it anyway. So, you know, you just got to respect what everyone's comfortable with. Yeah, exactly that. And mm. for you, you were born disabled. So you don't yes. know like life without disability. Yes. Which is yes, like so- me. Mm. Yeah. yeah. In, in some ways it's um, because, yeah, we've had to adapt since day one, but it, you know, for people who, become disabled it's like they have to uh relive life again yeah um and that and i feel that's a bit more of a challenge for some people to come to terms with it um but there's loads of stories of people who've overcome and doing brilliantly and becoming great speakers and um inspiring many people so you know challenges can be overcome in any circumstance yeah for sure and I was wondering what it was like for you as a disabled child growing up, because I always think it's so interesting looking back on a disabled childhood because it isn't like the normal childhood that most people get. And what was that experience like for you? So for me, so I, I well, a bit of backstory. So I was fostered at two weeks and then um, adopted at five to a family who really encouraged me and didn't really see me as any different. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me um, 
mentally overcome challenges, even though, you know, life with disability um, is not been easy. You know, when I was younger, I couldn't even get on public transport Mm -hmm. um, because there were steps onto the buses, um, train stations back then weren't very accessible. So I had to get taxis everywhere, um, which in some ways made me feel a bit excluded from society having to get taxis, not being able to use public transport. And then when things did start to get accessible, I was so terrified (laughs) on getting on the bus and the train because it was such, it was new territory. Yeah. Um, And back then I, I mainly used the manual wheelchair and when the bus moved in those buses and trains it would slide all over the place and that would terrify me and i was like oh no i'm never going on a bus again um oh my god so i was, can't imagine the absolute pure panic that i would have if my wheelchair suddenly like wheeled forward and then stopped yeah exactly and the thing is since i have no arms i can't stop the chair or anything you know i have to rely on who i'm with so <laughs> oh my god it's literally just like a free-for-all isn't it you're literally like left <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so it took me so long to get comfortable on the yeah. um, buses um because now I, I travel independently i go on the mm. train um transport for london are really great um but so with that growing up you know that made it easier for me to overcome things with disability mm. um but the thing which I did struggle with the most in childhood to up to about 25 was my mental health. Yeah. Um, and that was like the biggest thing I had to overcome myself, but it was, um, internally difficult, but, um, I'm here now and I've learned a lot on the way and I'm yeah. um, much better now. Yeah. And I think what you said about, Public transport. I'm. I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it back to what you said about getting taxis everywhere, because yeah. I think that actually, the fact that you said that that made you feel so excluded is actually really important in terms of the social model of disability, because that's that's kind of exactly what it is, right? Is that everything is kind of inaccessible, so you're having to use different methods to get around, and actually. Mm. By using those different methods, you are being excluded to a certain extent from like the societal norms. And I think that that's such an interesting, like it's it's an interesting experience to have and to go through when you rely on public transport and particularly when you're relying on it being accessible when it isn't always accessible because yes, Transport for London is, is incredible, but there are some real horror stories out there that even though the, the there are other options there, it's not always the one that makes you feel the most included, which I think is like, I I can't put it into words because the system is not there to make you feel like you you should be included. And that, and this, this kind of proves that point. Yeah. And it, and it goes back to the start of the conversation, why I like to refer as person with a disability, because it's the world, which is disabling its people. Yeah. Um, and that's what's making people um, excluded because not everything's accessible. Yeah. Um, so, th- so that's why I don't see myself as a um, d- disabled per- disabled person, but I have a disability from a disabled world. 
Yeah. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly that. Exactly that. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. Just coughing. That's fine. Sorry for the phone ringing. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Didn't even hear it. Like I'm coughing. Your phone's ringing. This is going to make like such <laughs> great audio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, so funny. <laughs> I will dive in with another question, actually. And this okay. one, I think, is is around school, really, because I think schools again aren't set up for disabled kids and I think schools kind of freak out a little bit with kids with disabilities because I don't think Mm. they necessarily know how to like approach any topic of conversation with disability and I was wondering for you what was the school experience like? So one thing is my mum being my mum was like I'm not sending you to a special school you're going to go to a mainstream school yeah. Um, and she really pushed for that. And, um, I did in primary and secondary have learning support assistants mm-hmm. who would help me during class, um, change me for PE and, um, help me in the cafeteria for lunch and yeah, lunch and snacks and stuff like that. Yeah. So I did have the support. And back then when I was younger, I did have a good support worker who had a disability of her own. So she kind of understood the needs more. Yeah. Um, so things were put in place um, and my mom had to fight for it to happen, but the experience itself was overall good. I would say, um, obviously you have the one learning sports system that you don't really like, or you don't really yeah. get on with. Um, and I had a really bad experience with a teacher who would talk to the learning support system, but not talk to me. It was so strange. Um, and basically she picked on the wrong learning support system that day because uh, she really liked me mm-hmm. and she, uh, she had a real go at the teacher. Um, well, actually, no, she told the head of the team about her and uh, she, the teacher ended up apologizing to me and, and ever since then, she started talking to me. But yeah, it was just such a weird thing that she wasn't talking to me. Yeah, she was so rather strange. talking at you and and with the person that you were with rather than talking to you. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird experience because she speaks. You speak to all the other students, mm-hmm. um, but not just not me. Do you know what it is? It's because you're so great. She was just intimidated. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She knew what I'd become, so she was a bit <laughs> jealous as well. Yes. <laughs> it's really funny, though, the impact that teachers can have on, on like, children. Because I, like, you were talking about a teacher that you'd, like, you know, this whole situation. And it brought me back to, like, a particular teacher that I did not get on with at all. And it was because he excluded me. And I remember mm. thinking in the back of my head, like, Obviously, I did not have this language at that age, but I remember being like, you are a bastard. Like, you have no <laughs> idea what you've just done. Like, you are absolutely mm. clueless. And like, yeah. even, even when I go back to like thinking about that particular situation, I can feel like my blood starts to boil because I get so annoyed. I'm like, who did he think he was? Like, does he not know who I am? <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's crazy. It's because, mm. you know, it's 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 situations like that which affect someone for the rest of their life really yeah. um 
especially if, you know, most people, um, well, not most, some people are not mentally strong and yeah. that would stick with them forever. Like for me, for example, um, again, going back to mental health, mm-hmm. one situation would last in my brain for two years. Um, yeah. It could have been a small or a little thing and it would really impact me for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, stuff like that really did upset me. And I also lacked confidence in speaking about how I was feeling as well. So the two together just wasn't a great uh wasn't a great mixture. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't it wasn't great at all. And um yeah, so teachers and anyone seeing you grow up needs to be a bit more um supportive and mm-hmm. got to be mindful of their language and make pe- sure you're included because that can only affect you for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think that final point you just made about being included is because the thing that made me feel so angry and upset was the fact that I was excluded. And it's mm. so like it's so true. Like, and I can and I can kind of to a certain extent understand teachers being a bit wary around disabled kids because you know, we are a health and safety minefield. Like <laughs> that's just a fact. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. But actually excluding us because of that is the worst thing in the world because that makes you feel not just that you're excluded in class but it's a societal thing as well because the classroom is when you're meant to feel like the most included right or you know supposedly it's true yeah and actually if you if you're excluded from the classroom no wonder it can have repercussions later on in life yeah and you're right and being in the classroom <laughs> is is the majority of your childhood yeah exactly like you you have nowhere else to be other than at school when you're a child yeah yeah that's which it. also is so wild by the way like th- that in like that in itself is wild that like when you're a kid you literally have nowhere else to be apart from school like is that not absolutely crazy to you like i think about my life now as an adult and I've got to be like everywhere all the time. I don't just have like one specific place to be. Yeah, yeah. I, it is a bit wild because, you know, looking back at it and when it got to the later part of the school years, I was just bored being in the same place all the time. Yeah. And I was like, I cannot, I need to advance myself. Being in the same uh, school, especially in second secondary, being in the same school for that long was just like, I need to, I need to get out of here. And I made a mistake of not going to college. I stayed in sixth form and um, yeah, just, I hated the last two years. Well, I didn't hate it. It was, it was a good experience, but mentally it was like, I need to move on. Yeah. And it's really interesting that you bring up your last two years of school because I, I'm always interested, particularly like, obviously I only really talk to disabled people on this podcast. I haven't interviewed an able-bodied person because that's just not really the premise of the podcast and that would be very bizarre. However, (laughs) particularly around like those last two years of school or college or sixth form or whatever you do, I was wondering for you, did at any point being a person with a disability impact what you thought your future career would look like? So the bit which mentally drain me the most is and and it's something they say to any kid disability or not is 
you need to go to university, otherwise you won't become successful. Yeah. Um, and now every single day, well, weekly by different teachers was kept getting drilled into my head to the point where I was like, I don't, I don't want to go uni. Like you've, you've put me off it. Yeah. You keep telling me to do it. And it's like, I don't want to do that now that you kept telling me to do it. Um, and that was, that actually helped me realize that, yeah, once I leave school, I'm doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how I started doing videos after doing media and the school giving me software so I could edit from home. Um, so I, I saw that as an advantage really, because school telling me to go uni all the time, um, was like, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm not, I'm not about that life. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to go uni. I don't want to really do the nine to five because I've done that for all of my school life. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to just do my own thing, be creative, get my brain active and, uh, go from there. And it would be great if we could talk a bit about actually your creative journey, because you did start out in YouTube and that was very much like where you put your effort and your focus on. And then it's kind of evolved into coming off that, but then going back into it and like being on other social media and doing loads of other different and fun, cool things that actually I think a lot of people could take a lot of inspiration from. And not just because it's like, it's Isaac, he's a disabled man. It's because no, he's (laughs) effing good at like editing videos. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's a long story for all of it. And it's kind of like a, a bit of this and that all coming together, which kind of determined the journey. Um, so yeah, I, I did YouTube for about nine years. Yeah. Um, filming my adventures and, um, things I would get up to. So skiing, skydiving, tall ship sailing. Um, I'd film all of that and do funny edits and really just enjoy the editing process. Um, while this was happening, friends and family, loads of them would say, Oh, why don't you talk about disability in your videos? Because yeah. I wasn't really talking about it in my videos. Um, and they kept saying that you should do it. You know, you could really help people. And I thought, Oh, I don't you know, I don't really want to talk about disability because, you know, why should I? I, I just want to show people what I'm getting up to. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't see the point of talking about it. So I carried on doing the videos and then um, friends and family kept telling me and that was kind of pushing me away from doing it. Um, but then I was given an opportunity to do a public speaking engagement about overcoming obstacles, which mm-hmm. I, I did. And a woman, I always remember this, a woman came up to me afterwards and um, she get, got a lot of pains in her legs. Uh-huh. And she said to me, after listening to your story, um, I don't know why I've been complaining so much. Um, and she had a totally different perspective on life after I'd spoken. Yeah. And that's when I was, that's when I realized how much of an impact I could or have been making on people. Yeah. Um, that I started implementing it into my videos. So I, that's how I kind of started to be more of a disability advocate. I wouldn't say I was doing it to the degree I am now, but I did start to do that. Um, but then I let the views and engagement get to me on YouTube. <laughs> um, after enjoying it for so much, I let the views get to me. 
Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm doing all of these hours uh, doing this, then, you know, there's no point in me doing this anymore. So I stopped YouTube and that really, my mental state really got impacted by that. Yeah. Then on, then on top of that, I, because I was talking about disability and being this advocate, um, I thought to be an inspiration, you could only show the good side of things. Mm -hmm. So I only shared positive stories. Um, and I, you know, when you looked at, when I looked at celebrities back then, I thought, oh, they're only showing good stuff. So I'm only, I can do that. Um, which was a vicious cycle because I wasn't being true to myself, even though I wasn't internally happy. Uh-huh. And to combat that, I thought being in a relationship was going to help. Um, so I was striving for that for ages. And then when I eventually got one, I still wasn't happy. Uh-huh. So um, that was kind of like the breaking point. All, all three things came at once. Yeah, as um, is always the way. It's it's never just one thing. Everything always yeah. comes in threes. Like yeah, that's it. It's, it's so true. Like everything, every good thing comes in threes, and every bad thing comes in threes. It's also that's really it. funny because three is my lucky number. Oh really? Okay. So I always wait for like if something good happens, I'm like, okay, there's two more things. Or if something bad happens, I'm like, oh no, there's two more things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it's in, in every situation. Um, it always happens in freeze. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, but yeah, that was a breaking point. Um, and then for the first time in my life, I took a step back uh-huh. and um, wanted to learn about the mind and why I wasn't internally happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when I started learning about the law of attraction um how we think through and speak is the reality that we create yeah. and th- once I learned that um and did start doing meditation because I was one of these people who mocked meditation I thought it was silly but it actually does help right in a lot of ways um and then yeah that's kind of moved me on to LinkedIn and uh, not caring up with the views and um sharing my story both positively and negatively, which is helping not only myself, but the people to see that I'm human. And yeah, uh, yeah, that's kind of been my creative and I guess you could say spiritual journey on becoming who I am today. Um, And and then also realizing that my disability has always been my strength as well. Yeah. Even though it has always been, I just didn't really notice that. Um, until I got to this mindset yeah and I think that that's such a it's a lot it's like a it's not always like in the moment a great journey to go on but actually Mm. like quite often you realize that you have to go on a very particular journey to get to a destination where you feel very comfortable in in who you are and I think what I loved about what you said is that the reason that you kind of stopped and took a step back from YouTube was because you were, you were like concerned about the views and like you let that get to you. And like you kind of done like a full circle actually where now it's not so much about the views. It's about whether or not you enjoy doing it. And I think, Mm. you know, I think I'm a big believer in like, you should do what you enjoy. Cause if you don't, I I find the whole thing a bit pointless and a bit futile. (laughs) Yeah. Um, 
And I think that it's lovely that now you kind of come back to that. Actually, you want to show the world like, you know, what you get up to. And, and it's not because you're disabled. It's because you actually like you just genuinely enjoy being like, hey, this is what I'm doing today. Or like, this is where we're going and this is what we're getting up to. And that actually the views for you are like they're secondary because the the first thing is is creating that platform. Mm. Because n- now now that I've uh, not cared about the views, they've come. So <laughs> yeah, it's like exactly that, exactly mm. that. Oh, I and I think it's also so wonderful that you talk about actually, you know, finding spirituality is, is like you know helped you propel yourself forward because I think you're right. I think a lot of people who are not necessarily spiritual tend to like mock it. And I'm a bit like, Oh, it's very like pie in the sky and it's very woo woo. And, <laughs> yeah. and, it, and it can be. And there are some people out there, like there are extremes to everything, right? Oh yes. There yeah, are yeah, some yeah, people who are super extreme, which spiritual. Uh, I like to think that I'm quite a spiritual person. I like, I can, you know, I love a little meditation. I enjoy like good visualization. Like I'm, I'm mm. down with all of that, but there are some people who do take it too far. And that's the reason yes. that people get like a bad name. Cause you're like, I don't need to eat kale every single day to be spiritually enlightened. Like I enjoy McDonald's <laughs> as much as the next person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's why people get off uh, religion as well because of how extreme things are. And um, like I said, anything can be so extreme and that's what people put people off. Um, so yeah, everyone manages it in their own way. And I feel you can't knock it until you try it, as they say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly that. Because I always thought meditation was a bit this thing that my mum did, and it, she was she's a bit <laughs> of a hippie. And I was like, oh, like she's a bit annoying. My mum always goes on about how good she feels after meditation and how much she loves it. And, and then I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna try it, and I did. And I was like, Elaine was not lying. Like I feel great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how I felt when I first did it. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> right. Cause you're a bit like, oh, I'm a bit annoyed that I didn't do this sooner, but also like nobody exactly. was lying. Like nobody's lying when they come out of a meditation. Like, yeah, I feel really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're just making it up. Um. <laughs> yeah. Can you, oh my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that, that spirituality has become such a thing in your life as well. Because like, like I said, I think a lot of people do think it is very like, it is very woo woo and actually to like to a certain extent it can be quite inaccessible but like like you've already said like we've mentioned in this conversation before it's it's about making it accessible to you and, and adapting what works for you and I think that that's a really beautiful thing to have and especially rolling it in with mental health and and tying it all together and actually becoming who you are today I think it's like a really wonderful journey that you've gone on and actually there have been peaks and there have been troughs but ultimately like you're you're here today to to talk about who you are and why you do what you do which I think is brilliant yeah and it's it's being able to share on platforms like this and having conversations it's something that really gets me energized that I love talking about this stuff and um telling people about the journey and then how they can implement that into their own lives. Um, Because, you know, this is something that anyone can go on. Um, But it's something I, I, and I only said this to a friend recently, you know, when people do understand this, they they are only on the surface level of it because it can go much deeper. 
Um, and there's so much more to learn. I mean, for me, I did the meditations. I did the uh, learning about law of attraction for a whole year. And then I got to, yeah, a year later, I was like, you know what? I get it now. I don't need to do any more meditation. I don't need to do any more I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I was like, yeah, I don't need to do this anymore. And I, I did stop doing it. And then two weeks later, I was back to square one. And I thought, how have I gone back to being so negative and upset and feeling depression? And all that? all of a sudden, I thought, oh, I thought I got it. And that's when I realized, you know, this this is a journey, not an yeah. end destination. So um, yeah, that's why I keep practicing it and understanding it. And uh, and also, you know, when I thought I got it and got to the pinnacle, um, I was just positive. Like I just had such a positive mindset. Yeah. But I, I then realized actually it's not all about just being positive. It's about, it's about being realistic. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a huge one, isn't it? Being like taking away this whole idea that it's positivity all the time, because that's when it gets, you know, toxic because actually, and I'm I'm speaking particularly as a disabled person now, is that like, as we've already said, the world is not geared up for you and your body and how you move. It is not, that is Mm. not me being cynical. That's me being very realistic. And actually the idea that everything is sunflowers and like rainbows all the time is so unrealistic that actually it causes some real problems because, you know, if you are faced with a genuine inaccessible issue that you can't necessarily navigate in the moment, I'm not going to be happy about it. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh yeah, peace be upon you, come by our. I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to speak my mind and like probably get myself into some trouble. (laughs) it's just so funny (laughs) um yeah i I feel for me yeah if if there's something that's wrong i will speak about it but Mm -hmm. i'm also not one of those angry disabled people um i like to see it as constructive and a and a learning experience um because you know in some situations um obviously a lift being out like yeah that's annoying but for some people, if it's like with a person, some people just don't know. Yeah. So I'd rather I'd rather educate uh rather than scold them. Um, especially if their intentions wasn't bad. You know, if their intention was good and they just didn't know, like I, I don't feel I have a right to get annoyed at that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're at least trying and then they can learn to do better for next time. Um and I like to use my energy more in a positive way even though things do wind me up um i i i do because another thing i've learned is responding rather than reacting to things um massively even if it even if it takes a couple of seconds just take that taking that moment to respond properly um i think so is good too because then you can really control your energy and um emotions Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really good one, like responding rather than reacting. Mm. And like, I like to think that I respond rather than react. And I do, and I'm getting much better at it as I get older. Yeah. I have to, it has to be said, but I am someone who does have 
I like to describe it as I have a short fuse, but it takes me right. a really, really long time to light the short fuse. So like right. I'm, I can be like very like relaxed about something, but then if something really annoys me, and I mean like to the point where I'm like, mm, this is verging on like not necessarily good territory. And like, I've got a bit of a loud mouth. Like I do a podcast for Christ's sake. Like I love speaking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I will use my voice about it, and then afterwards I'm a bit like, "Oh, was that a bit too far?" <laughs> <laughs> but then I think, well, no, because it's exactly how I would have reacted anyway, and I'm not, I'm not going to change myself for yeah. love nor money. Like I'm, I'm never going to change who I am. I am who I am. So, yeah. kind of like it or lump it, <laughs> and that's very yeah. much where I'm at with my journey right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, because I think with humans we go into the defensive mechanism so you know even me i'm not perfect at it of course um but i as you say you know every day we're getting better at it and uh, as long as we're our true authentic selves that's also important yeah exactly that mm. i like to ask everybody if they have a piece of advice for a younger version of themselves, so a younger version of Isaac, but also yeah. for a younger person with the same disability as them. Um, I think in, I, what I'll definitely say to my younger self is be honest uh, with yourself because um, that's something I did lack in wanting to do. And I was quite selfless in that in instance. And I feel I should have been a bit more selfish with my, with my self and, mm -hmm. and wanting to get better with my needs. Yeah. Um, Cause I was, I was too worried of upsetting other people that yeah. I wasn't feeling great. Um, I should have been thinking, yeah, I need to be honest with myself. Um, and then, yeah. you know, that's how I found out people are, here to listen um and i should not build it up so, so for so long yeah i think what you said just then about not wanting to like ask other people or like you know saying that you need help it it, it comes back to that like self-advocacy doesn't it because mm. actually self-advocacy can be incredibly difficult and it can be really really difficult to be like actually like i I need a bit of help here. And that can be with anything that can be with like, you know, cutting up a piece of paper. Like I really, really struggle with cutting up pieces of paper mm. or it mm. can be, you know, getting on a train or it can be, you know, whatever it is. It's like, there's no, there's no limit to what it is. And actually being able to recognize that within yourself and being like, actually like, this is something that I do need a bit of work with takes humongous amounts of courage because we all like to think that we're these fearless warriors and we can do everything by ourselves and we don't need anybody and we can be like the best independent version of ourselves. Mm. But actually that's not, it's not actually conducive for anyone if we don't rely on people. Yeah, time. exactly. Cause you know, for me, it was like, this is my problem and I have to deal with it. So, you know, that's why I didn't want to speak to anyone. Um, but that's very, yeah, very damaging. Um, even though it, it, you know, I have to thank myself here for taking that step back um, because in the end, it was me who had to uh, come out, come to terms with it and get better. Um, 
but asking for help on the way um, and actually be willing to listen to help because actually a lot of people knew I was going through something and were supporting me, but because my mind was so uh, shielded from what people were saying, I, you know, I, I was like, why do I need to listen to your positiveness? That Like, this is not going to help me. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Why, why are you saying this to me? Like, this is my problem and I'm negative about it. Like, I, whatever you say to me is not going to help. Um, but if I actually listened to those individuals, that also would have helped much quicker as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I appreciate those people who kept sticking with me. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. The people who stuck around whilst I was being a dick, appreciate you. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, and it's funny, and, you know, everything happens for a reason. The time I was becoming more self-aware about these things and better, I got a random message from a friend I'd not spoken to for like a whole probably three, four years. And yeah. she messaged me out of the blue, just catching up. And then literally a couple of days later, she had a really bad breakup with uh, her, her uh, boyfriend. And she was literally going through what I was going through with the negativity. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time of her not listening to me and, um, being very negative even though I was saying things and I was like eh, actually I was like that wasn't I so <laughs> so I, I I kept with her for like you know I helped her it took me two months actually a lot of my time and energy and uh I did help her to get to a better place but I mean I saw it from both angles so I was like oh yeah yeah I understand <laughs> it's almost like the universe is giving you a mirror being like this is what you were like now go through it <laughs> yes, okay. yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah yep I love the universe that. definitely had it to me <laughs> yeah it was giving you like a really funny joke that was going to take like a little while to percolate <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so I get it for both both sides now <laughs> yeah for sure I like to think about how through times of struggle, now this is personally how I like to to view struggle. I personally think that if we go through struggle or dark times or hardship, that if we can look back upon reflection of those times and we can pull out some positives about ourselves, then we've learned something. And in some ways it's kind of been worth it. And I was wondering Mm. Have you noticed like a particular positive attribute about yourself that upon reflection you're incredibly proud of and, and actually it's really an important part of who you are? Well, it, it, as you're speaking, it reminds me of um, someone who recently said, you know, there's winning and then there's learning. There's no losing. Yeah, I love um, that. And upon when hearing that recently and through this journey, I, all all the experiences I've been through has been a learning experience. Yeah. Um, and, you know, at the time I saw it as negative, but at the end of the day, it was just a situation because in life, there's no such thing as a positive or negative situation. Situations are just situations. Yeah. Um, it's how we perceive them and our perspectives on things. Um so I was only putting negative on those situations when in reality that situation was happening so I could learn something from it. Yeah, um, I love that. And yeah, so, so I feel, you know, one of my biggest ones, again, going back to 
relationships um, and wanting to be in one to be happy, I feel I learned, you know, I don't need to be in a relationship to be happy. Um, as long as I'm internally happy, it will happen when it happens. But actually, actually, I said that at the beginning, but now it's like when it, when I want it to happen, I'll just focus on it and it will happen. Um, because I have, I have the control of my reality, you know, so. When, I think when relationships time... are always such an interesting one, aren't they? Because I'm very much in the same boat as you is that actually like it'll happen when it happens and like that'll be incredible as in when. But yeah. also like I don't need to be in a relationship to be happy, which blows people's minds. Yeah, exactly. Like, people are like, oh my God, like how are you how are you happy single? I'm like, are you joking me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I have my own free time, which is incredible. Like, and I actually really enjoy spending time by myself. Like, I'm I'm one of those people that really enjoys like my my own time. But also, like, I don't have to worry about anyone else. And that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I don't have kids that I have to worry about. Like right now, <laughs> so, like until yeah, exactly. that time comes. And like the thing is, like I know that when I have kids. I know that my life will be consumed by them because I I I like I love kids. My nieces and mm. nephews are my favorite people. Sorry, the adults, you guys come second. The nieces and nephews are my favorite. I'm gonna put it out there. And I right. love <laughs> spending time with them. And like I would spend time with them all the time if I could. So I know that when that happens for me, it'll be all encompassing. So whilst I'm single, I'm gonna enjoy not having to worry about my kids that are gonna happen in the future. <laughs> like I don't want to have yeah, to think exactly. about that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah i know it's 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 and actually for me i'm a bit too busy at the moment anyway so (laughs) i can't really have time to think about relationship um but i you know i I have friends who cannot live without a relationship and i think that's crazy yeah Yeah, Um, i'm yeah i think that's crazy as well i think i'm with you on that because i think i also think and maybe maybe it's a disabled thing i don't know but i'm i'm starting to think more and more that maybe it is a disabled thing is that independence to me and like actually to all of my friends who happen to be disabled is is such like an important part of their life like being able to be independent without you know this is not necessarily without help but just like being an independent person and being like their own whole person as they are without anybody else kind of influencing that is so key to them and it's very Mm. key to me is that actually like I never really want someone to influence who I am as a person unless it's going to be like an absolutely like groundbreaking earth shattering like revelation of who I am as a person <laughs> and I feel like I know myself that well that actually that's probably not going to happen <laughs> yeah I mean I, yeah I, 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 I do agree because I mean for me I I do rely on a lot of people on a daily basis to help me yeah. um you know getting breakfast in the morning changing me getting me in the chair helping me onto the toilet, showering, all personal care stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I rely on uh, even traveling out. You know, I rely on a lot of people yeah. to help me. But on the other hand, I feel like I'm doing it independently um, yeah. by telling people what I'm doing, being able to drive my chair, um, just speaking to the staff at the stations to help me. Um, so I feel I'm... I'm that's a life I want to live. And I think if it wasn't for my disability, I don't think I would have been pushed so much to have this independence. So yeah, I think yeah. it is a disability thing um, for us to 
kind of lead that way. It's almost hyper independence, isn't it? Because you almost want to be like, I can do this by myself, but also like, (laughs) please, can you open the door for me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh But I love that though, because I think there's so much magic in disability that just gets completely overlooked, but there is so much magic and there's so much like, there's so much really great humor and like creativity and like, so many like wonderful like ideas come out of disability that actually I feel very fortunate that this is my life and like I get to see all these like kind of crazy kind of cool experiences that like if you weren't disabled you would never understand and you would never get and I feel bad for you (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I yeah it's just it's interesting because you know I've had conversations where people say you know about not being born with a disability, ask me, you know, how I'd feel, or, you know, are you happy having a disability? And it's like, actually, yeah, I am. And I feel it's because of my disability, I've been pushed to do things and be able to connect with people like yourself. Um, Because this conversation would happen if we both didn't have a disability. It'd be a really um, boring conversation as well. Be like, oh, how are you? How's your job? Yeah, good. Nice. <laughs> cool. Bye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah it would have been... Uh, couple of minutes rather than you know this quality time that we spent together twice now I so, know. You know, <laughs> guys this isn't the second time this has happened this conversation is way different from the first time and i love it i, I, I don't i think this one's a bit better actually <laughs> i'm i'm glad people are gonna listen to this version of it <laughs> thank you to my hard drive for dying really appreciated that <laughs> yeah that's thank you so much <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but yeah disability has been my um Strength, actually. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I didn't notice it for a long period of my time because I just done it. But yeah, it's been it's been my biggest strength, um, and that's pushed me to become who I am today, and pushing me to what's going to happen in the next few years. So, um, oh, yeah, exciting times. Yeah, like, yeah, very exciting. Even, yeah, for everyone. Like I'm so excited to see what happens and where you take it. I only have one final question for you. Right. And it's it's a banger, I promise. It's a really good one. And that is, (laughs) Isaac, are you disabled and are you proud about it? Yes, I am proud um, because of my disability and I'm proud to be part of a community of like-minded individuals who are changing the narrative every single day. And um, I'm proud. Yeah. Oh! love it yes. <laughs> I love I always love that question because I think as disabled people like, there's so much pride to be had in being disabled that we don't we don't get to say that we're proud to be disabled because actually you know society doesn't want us to be proud of being disabled society doesn't want us proud to be different and I think you know, like how amazing is it that actually in the face of everything that we deal with on a daily basis, weekly basis, yearly basis, we're still freaking proud of being disabled. Like, and I would never change it for the world. How amazing is that? I know it is. It's, it's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> oh, Isaac, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I have absolutely loved this conversation. And like, I'm so excited to see where life takes you and what happens. And yeah, like, thanks for giving up your time and sharing your story. I've loved it. No, and thanks for giving me the platform and um, being able to talk to you. Um, It's been great. And 
Who knows? Maybe we might have to do a part two um, in the oh future. God, part, two, part two in 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, probably yeah. going to come out in 2023 because <laughs> the podcast is done. So, like, scrap that. <laughs> it will be in 2023. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will. That's room for 2024 then. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God, can you imagine? Oh my God, it's not even 2023 yet, but we're planning ahead. I love it. I love plans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Isaac, for coming. No, more than welcome. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.